What's up, guys? You got me this morning. I'm Pastor Tom. Hi, how you doing? I'm not in charge, but uh, I don't know. I'm the Filipino in charge. That's actually Carl is Filipino. Shucks, no, that he got me on that one too. Uh, we're doing a study of Hebrews called Anchored. And I hope you guys are excited because I love the book of Hebrews. How many guys, come on, who, who loves the book of Hebrews out there? I mean, come on, it's, it's, a, it's an incredible book. I mean, there's Romans and Hebrews. But if you, you had two books, those are the books you should read. Uh, but I absolutely love Hebrews. And we're kicking this off. And today's sermon is called Just One Anchor. And we're talking about uh, this hope, Jesus, our anchor. And there should be only one. And I think a lot of us actually would say, you know what, I, Jesus is my anchor. But if we're really honest, I think some, a lot of us, even including myself, we have other anchors that are holding me to God. We have other separate ones too, uh, other than Jesus. And we got to be focused. I'm going to be a coach this morning. You got to be narrow-minded and focused. No one's responding. Okay, this is a bad team start. Okay, uh, you, we really have to. And so I was thinking about an analogy or an example of being focused, and I had a really good one this week with my own dad, actually. Um, we had open house on Tuesday. Anybody at open house? Okay, cool. Some of you guys. Um, and my dad usually cooks the food for open house, and so he worked really, really hard, and we were all at whole open house. My whole family was there, and I was picking up my kids at the nursery, and we were walking back to the auditorium, and I saw my dad driving away. I'm like, oh, dude, you gotta say bye to Grandpa. So we like, we're all on the side of the sidewalk. We're like, come on, Judah, come on, Olive, wave to Grandpa, woohoo, whatever it was. And my dad just backs out of the, you know, he's backing out of his stall. Mm. And we're like, okay, here he comes. Just wave, 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 wave. Okay, and we're just like totally like, what's up? Dad just like total straight face. Didn't even see. He's just like, Mah. and we're just like, yeah, yeah. My son's all, uh. grandpa didn't say goodbye. And I was like, oh man, I could I could have gotten mad. I was like, you better say bye to my kids. You're the grandpa. You know what I realized what's way more important? That he gets home and doesn't hit anybody. <laughs> My dad's getting up there in years. He's in his 70s. <laughs> the most important thing is that he keeps his eye on the road, doesn't hit any cars, doesn't hit anybody. Anybody with me? Right? And in this walk with Jesus, we can have all these good things that happen in our, in our journey with Jesus. The most important thing is, is we got to know him. And he better know us. He better be our anchor. The most important thing is Jesus. Are you hearing me? He has to be the anchor. And, and I want to put it this way. He has to be the capital T, capital A anchor. The anchor in your life. Because like I said before, we get, we get, um, we have Jesus, and, but we have all these other stuff that are just like, yeah, we're just like this. I'm anchored to Christianity. I'm anchored to Christ. But we're depending on other things. I have the three Ps that I want to talk about. Uh, we, we have the people, we have pastors, and we have podcasts. People, pastors, and podcasts. Those are the three Ps that kind of, we actually anchor to those rather than Jesus. We anchor to are you, is your walk with Jesus, is your Christianity dependent on someone else? Whether your spouse or a friend who brought you to church, is it dependent on that? They're, they're good. That's God, awesome. You're, you're, maybe you're a Christian because of them. They showed you to Jesus, but your life shouldn't depend on them. Here's a prime example. As a youth pastor, I would see this all the time, right? There would be like a girl who was in our youth group, and then she started dating someone. 
that they bring him to Sunday night. And they walk in. I'm like, all right, cool. And I would see the guy, and he, like, tried to impress her. So he starts worshiping Jesus, and, and maybe he gets saved or whatever it is. And he says, oh, they're growing in Christ. Then they break up. And guess what? She ain't coming with that guy anymore because he's gone. And, and his faith, I've seen it so many times, his faith was dependent on her faith. Is your, is your uh, faith dependent on someone else? Uh, the other P, pastors. Is your faith dependent on Pastor Carl? He's a good pastor, isn't he? He's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, is, your, is your faith dependent on when Tom preaches? I'm, I'm, all, I'm all right. I'm decent, right? You're like, ooh, yeah, my faith has got a bill right now. Is your faith dependent on Hope Chapel? Can I just say that? It shouldn't be. Are we a good church? Yeah. Well, you're sitting here. You've, it's like, no, you're a horrible church, but I just come anyway. I don't know. It's, I don't know why you're here then. <laughs> you know, we're trying to be a good church, but we're not a perfect church. And we're striving to be. But you know what? We're human beings and we're going to fail you. You know who never fails? Jesus. You, sh- you, sh- you shouldn't. And, and so you, you can look at us and want to be like us, but follow us like we follow Christ. You know, this morning, uh, Carl was actually telling me, he's all, I almost wore the same exact shirt as you this morning. We would have looked like twins because he was doing the announcements. And then, you know who would look more stupid though? Me. Because he's the pastor and, and like, oh, Tom's just trying to follow Carl. But I heard it is, I would have looked the dumb, the d- dumb one, okay? But... You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't, you know what? We're good. We got good word. Hopefully we got good worship. We're a good church. But you should be relying on Jesus. He should be your one anchor. The last P is podcasts. How many guys do podcasts out there? You listen to pastors or whatever it is or TED Talks or whatever. And then what I'm talking about too is just the books that you read or the pastors that you follow or you're just really inundated with the knowledge of Jesus Christ, which is good. We have all these equipped classes that we do. We had men's fraternity and sisterhood on Saturday. We have all these incredible things. But if you're just inundating with all this stuff, you can know about Jesus, but absolutely not know Jesus. And that is vital. There's a scary scripture in, um, there's a scary scripture in Matthew 7, when Jesus was saying, these people are coming out on judgment day. Lord, we did all of this. We did all these things for you. And you know what Jesus said? I never knew you. I never knew you. On judgment day, I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want that to happen to you. You know what I want to happen on, on judgment day? I want to go see Jesus and Jesus go, what's up, Tom, Tom? And you know what I'm going to say? What's up, JC? How are you? Long to- I'm not going to say long time no see because I just talked to you. <laughs> you know? I have communication with Jesus Christ. I, I ask myself this sometimes, and it keeps me in check. Would I wholeheartedly follow Jesus Christ if I was not a pastor? Can I say it in this way? Would I follow Jesus if I, if I wasn't paid to do it? Because I'm a pastor. I get paid to do this. But if I was a landscaper, which is the only fallback for me, actually... It's a Molans. <laughs> um, if I was doing that, I, I better make sure as a pastor that my anchor is Jesus. And that when, if I'm not doing this, I'm still doing stuff for him. I'm still worshiping him. He is still Jesus in my life. Are people, pastors and podcasts, your anchor or is Jesus your anchor? And we're going to focus on that. And really what um, the main thing I want to say, say is that 
And, and, and the reason why we're looking at Hebrews is because the guy in Hebrew, the, the author, we have no idea who it was, is he's speaking to these Jewish Christians. And these Jewish Christians were struggling with Jesus. They're like, he's a new guy in town. Like, well, what? There's new rules and it's a better covenant? What's going on? And so this guy was trying to explain that Jesus is better. And, like, and your fallback, remember my fallback is landscaping? Their fallback was the old way. The old covenant, the heroes of the faith, Moses, the high priest, and the way they forgave sins through the tabernacle, whatever it was, they had that old system, and then, then Jesus came away and kind of, he, he fulfilled the promises, but it was a new system, it was a new covenant, and they didn't really understand it. And so they were questioning, well, is Jesus really Jesus, or, you know, we can fall back to, to looking at Moses and, and doing it the old way. And, and, and the guy, the, the author of Hebrews is like, no, there's a new way. There's a new sheriff in town. His name is Jesus. And this is the way you have to. You have to worship him like he is the only anchor. Let's turn to Hebrews 1. Last week, uh, Pastor Carl, actually, if you read Hebrews, it, it, just, it basically says this word a lot, better. So this is a word all the time. Jesus is better. This is a better covenant. This is a better way. And I look at that word sometimes. I think when I look at it at Jesus, it's, that word is not enough. Amen? It's like, he's just better. Well, he's better than better. He's the best. He's like the one. And, and in Hebrews, here we, here we see the author's trying to prove this. And and I'm going to give you reasons why Jesus is better. Why Jesus should be your only anchor. Let's turn to uh, Hebrews 1 verse 2. It says this. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he has cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. What is this saying? He's saying that Jesus is greater than the angels. Angels are created beings, correct? God created the angels. Well, Jesus is greater than that. Actually, this is saying that, God, that Jesus was there at creation. That God, basically, through Jesus, created everything. That Jesus was there. That Jesus is the Son. I want to say this. this is, write this in your notes. Why is Jesus better? Because Jesus is God. Bottom line, Jesus is God. And what we're talking about here, right, let's get a little, let's give you a little theology. We're talking about the Trinity. You guys understand the Trinity? The triune God? Uh, let me, the, the, this is how I learned the Trinity. I didn't go to Bible school, but this is how I learned what the Trinity was. How many guys know that song, Holy, Holy, Holy? Right? I'll sing it for you. God in three persons, blessed Trinity. That's all the theology I need right there. Yep. <laughs> I know what the Trinity is. How, why? It's God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Simple. God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is God. He is greater than the angels. 
you know, a lot of, I, I've been in a lot of uh, meetings and other churches, and I'm not, please don't get me wrong, I'm not dissing these things, these meetings, but there was a lot of focus on angels. People were saying, well, there's angels here. Right? There's angels. And you know what? There's people in our church, which is incredibly awesome, that they have the Holy Spirit gift of seeing angels and demons. They're real, guys. Can I just say that? They exist. You look at me like, the angels are, and demons are real. And people in our church see this stuff. I don't, thank God. But I've been in meetings where they focus on angels. I've been in a meeting where the angel Gabriel is here. I'm like, well, that's cool. But you know what? You know what I think about? Wait a minute. Angels are created beings. I get to talk to Jesus directly every single day. I get to go, go, go to him when, in, when I wake up, when my hair's a mess, and I'm, I, can, I can go right before him, and I can worship God, Jesus, directly. I know the creator rather than the creation. Do you know him that way? Some of the challenges for you guys, if you're kind of struggling like Jesus is God, that you don't, you don't feel like maybe he is God, he's the creator, whatever it is. I have, I have some questions for you. Do you worship him? So keep you in check. Do, do you worship him like he's the creator? Do you worship him like he is the one that gave you the air that you breathe? Do you worship him like he's the one that put the, the sun in motion? I, was, I, I saw the sun through a cloud the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm staring at the sun. Whoa! I saw the circle. I'm like, whoa! And you know what I thought? God created the sun. God created the sun. Do you worship him like he's the creator? That should make a difference in your life. Um, let me ask you this question. Does Jesus complete you? Does Jesus complete you? And what I mean by that, does he, does he fulfill every need that you have? Does he, does he give you that hope and joy and peace that like only a creator can? The one that loves you, does he complete you in your weakness, right? His grace is sufficient for you. Does he, does he make you feel like I'm, I'm a whole being because I, 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 even though I'm a, 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 a faulty human I have the creator who worships, uh, who I worship and who loves me and, and, and fulfills um, every need and every, every ounce of love that I need in my life. How many of you guys uh, know that, that uh, movie, Jerry Maguire, or love that movie, Jerry Maguire? Right, that, that famous line that says, you complete me, right? Remember Tom Cruise staring at, like, you complete me, right? That's the famous... <laughs> scene from that movie. And as Christians, um, and I know this might sound like the most unromantic thing in the world, but my wife, Grace, does not complete me. And you're going, oh man, that is, you're going to sleep on the couch tonight. (laughs) Jesus completes me. Jesus, in Hebrews, is my author and the finisher of my faith. He is the author and perfecter, completer of my faith. Is he the author and completer of your faith? Does Jesus make you complete? And the most amazing thing is, I know that when I, when I, when I know he makes me complete, because he, I've been through trials, I've been through tough stuff, and he's, he's made me whole, and he's brought healing in my life. And I know that sounds like such the most unromantic thing, but you know what? 
as a single person, my focus shouldn't be looking for someone to complete me. I should be whole in Jesus Christ. Why? Because when I finally, when I finally meet someone, when you finally meet someone, that's going to be an awesome day. Because when I, when I met Grace, and I met her, with her at Starbucks, and I looked into her eyes, and I knew who she was, and I found out how much she loved Jesus. You know who I saw? I saw someone else not looking for someone to complete her. I saw someone that was already completing Jesus as well. That is someone that I should marry. And when two complete people in Jesus come together, kaboom! Olive and Judah. <laughs> you know? That's a marriage. You know why? Because one of us is going to fail each other at one point. And then we have the anchor of Jesus. Oh, okay, well, we can forgive that at least, right? That's a good marriage in my book. Yeah, I like that. And that's, you complete me. I like two complete people in Jesus together. The second reason, um, let's turn to, let's turn to Hebrews uh, verse three, uh, chapter three. I'll give you the second reason why Jesus is better. And so dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. For he was faithful to God who appointed him, just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus deserves far more glory than Moses, just as uh, a person who builds a house deserves more praise than the house itself. For every house has a builder, but the one who builds everything is God. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. Now, if I had to summarize what this is saying, it's basically saying that Jesus is better than Moses. Right? I mean, that's kind of what it's saying. And if you look at the Old Testament, Moses was the man. I mean, if you've even read the... Uh, Exodus, or you've seen the Ten Commandments with Charleston Hessen. Either one. You know that Moses was the man. He led Israel out of Egypt. He performed these incredible mir miracles. He, the, the Red Sea was split. Manna from heaven came down and fed the Israelites. He hit a rock and water spewed out of it. That guy was the man. He led them to the promised land. He did all this, and, and they they idolized him in, in, the, in the Jewish faith, right? Because he was such a hero. He knew God. He was, he was the one that they depended on to communicate with God personally. He brought the Ten Commandments and the law. Moses was the man. In this verse, in these short verses, you know what it says? Jesus is better than that. Jesus is better than that. And you know what I get out of this? That, and this is, write this down. This is the second reason why Jesus is better and Jesus should be your only anchor. Because Jesus is Lord and Savior. Write that down. And I want, actually, capital L, capital S. Jesus is Lord and Savior. Moses was a great leader. He was a great man. He was the Lord at that time over the Israel, Israelite community, the Israelites. He was leading them to the promised land. But Jesus, it says, 
that he is the Lord of lords and he is the king of kings. Are you hearing me? He's the Lord over all lords. He's the king over all kings. That's the position that he earned because he died on the cross and now he sits at the right hand of God. That's what it says. He's the Lord and Lord. He's not just a great leader. He is the leader. Moses saved Israelites, didn't he? He saved them. He saved them from captivity. He saved them from, from being slaves. The whole nation of Israel were slaves in Egypt. And Moses plucked them out and brought them to the promised land. He saved them. Well, Jesus, he saved humanity. He died for us. He shed his blood for us and gave us a way to be saved and forgiven. Do we deserve death? Okay, not all of you were convinced about that. You deserve death. The wages of sin is death. We all deserve death. But Jesus pulled us out and gave us eternal life. He is the ultimate Savior, the Lord and Savior. I have a question for you guys. Is he your Lord and Savior? Because I think a lot of us, and including myself, I like the saved part. Anybody with me? Because salvation is free. And he gave it, and you can have it right now. If you don't know Jesus, you can have it today. Right after, I'm going to say a prayer. You can have it right now. That's awesome. I like the safe part. I love this, the, fact, the fact that I'm adult, adopted a child of God, that I get to go to heaven, that I forgive my sins. I like the safe part. Anybody with me? Woo, yeah, that's, that's worthy of celebration. The Lord part's kind of hard. The fact that I have to follow and surrender my life to Jesus, that I have to repent from the sins that I was doing before, that I have to repent, and I have to follow him, and if he tells me something, like, I gotta do it, I gotta, he has to actually be my Lord? He has to mess with my life? No. And a lot of us, we like the salvation part, but we like to keep the sin on the side. And Jesus says, I am your Lord and Savior, and he's not this Lord that is trying to whip you in the shape. It says, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. He is a good Lord. He is a good shepherd. And I want to tell you from personal experience, when I finally, I'm a pretty stubborn person. Anybody with me? I'm a pretty stubborn guy, and I don't like to give up stuff. But when I, you know what I found out? The more I surrender, and the more I just go, okay, Lord, it is you. You are Lord. You are the big L. Man, my life is so much better letting that stuff go. Because now he al he's al I'm allowing him, I'm allowing him to mess with my life in a good way. I'm allowing him to do that. Let him be your savior and your Lord. Here's a good way. I gave you a, I always forget this. I'm going to say this. I have to back up again. Sorry. I, was, I want to give you suggestions. That's why. For reason number one, um, that Jesus is God, I want to give you a little suggestion. The next time you have, talk with God or you have a, like a quiet time, go find a place that you enjoy, create, that you can see his creation. Go hike. You know, in, in Hawaii, it's really easy. You can go on a mountaintop. I mean, we have a church on now. Just come to church and look out, you know, and just look out at all Kaneohe or go to the beach and just enjoy his creation and just, and then worship him like he is your creator. Have a devotion like that this week or something. That's a suggestion. My suggestion for, for uh, him being a Lord and Savior in, in, in your life is that the next time you have a prayer time, 
that you would actually try and be face down on your knees before the Lord. You know, a lot of times we say, get on your knees. But what I'm, uh, I want to suggest to you, get face down. You're on the carpet like this. Like, let me give you, like, <gasps> like, like this. Just get face down. And you know what that, when I do it, you know what happens in my heart? It's like I'm in the throne room of God. That I can, I can, I'm right before him. And I, it, it positions me in a place where I'm in the right perspective. Like, okay, he is king. He is Lord. He is God. I need to bow before him. I need to treat him like he is a king. And it gets me in the right perspective. So my, that's my suggestion. If you're going, okay, he's my Lord and he's my savior. Okay, I got to work on that. Okay, I'm going to get a face down before him. Reason number three. And this is a heavy one, so I need some time to talk about this. Reason number three, let's turn to Hebrews 9. Actually, sorry, sorry. Hebrews 6. And in Hebrews 6.19, which is the verse that we're kind of basing this whole series on, it says this. It says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain to God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Now, this is a heavy verse, and I absolutely love this verse. And if you look at the verse, the first part's really cool. It's like, he is our anchor for our souls. Amen? Jesus is. He's an anchor for our souls. But then he says, he leads us into the inner sanctuary. What does that mean? And he is a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. What does that mean? What, what is all that about? I'm going to quickly try and describe to you what this whole Melchizedek thing is. Um, let's back up. Let's go to the Old Testament. And you guys who know who Abraham is, right? Abraham is the patriarch of the Israelites. He was the father, right? Father Abraham. So every, every Israelite was born from him. And he was the first man with a covenant with God. He's the first guy on earth with this, this incredible covenant, the old covenant. So what happened was, where he was living at the time, there was all these kings and they were in war. And so what happened was, um, in the process of all this war, Ab Abraham's nephew Lot was captured. And not, not just captured, they took his whole family and all his possessions that he earned. And he, they took it all, they captured it, and they went away. Abraham got wind of what happened to Lot. And you know what he said? Not on my watch. So he got his small band of men to fight this king that defeated all these other kings. This small band of men are like, dude, let's go get them. Let's go get Lot and his possessions back. And here's the faith of Abraham. And you know why I think he had faith? It's because he had a covenant with God. If you have a covenant with God, which we do as Christians, that will give you confidence. That will give you hope. That will, that will be this anchor for your soul. And so Abraham went after them. And guess what? What happened? You guys know the other story? What happened? He kicked butt. He, he kicked butt. He got Lot back. He got his family back. He got his possessions back. And the most amazing thing, after they came from this great victory, it says this guy, Melchizedek, this priest, this king, he was a king priest. This guy, Melchizedek, shows up on the scene. They, they didn't even mention him before. And then he blesses Abraham. He gives a blessing on Abraham from God. Then Abraham decides of all the things that he recovered, he he's going to give a tenth to Melchizedek. In other words, Abraham tithed 
to Melchizedek. Are you with me? And in uh, Hebrews 7, it says this. And they're talking about Abraham and Melchizedek. Uh, Hebrews 7 verse 7 says, And without question, the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one who is blessed. The, the person who gives the blessing is greater than the one who is blessed. In other words, Melchizedek is greater than Abraham. Abraham was the man. He was the, he was the one with God's covenant. Melchizedek is greater. And what the scripture is saying that Jesus is in the order of Melchizedek. In other words, Jesus is better than Abraham. Whoa, that's pretty heavy. And actually Jesus, and here's reason number three of why Jesus is better. Write this down. Jesus is our high priest. Capital H, capital P. Jesus is our high priest. And what does that mean to you and me? It actually means a lot. And I hope you get this. Because this is really, really powerful. In the old days, in the Old Testament, the high priest, the human high priest, had to go into the most holy place in the tabernacle, the holies of holies. And he would have to sacrifice an animal because it says that, um, that the forgiveness of sins cannot happen without blood, without the shedding of blood. So he had to kill the animal and take the animal's blood into the most holy place. And it's in the most holy place that he could offer and ask God to forgive the nation of Israel. Are you with me? It's the holy place of God. That's where God's presence was. And only one person, the high priest, could go in there with the animal's blood. And then forgiveness can happen. Well, in Hebrews 9, 11, it says this. And this is one of my actually favorite verses in Hebrews. Hebrews 9, 11 says, So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered the greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which is not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Celebrate that right now. Come on. Let's celebrate that. I mean, think about this. This is hard for me to grasp even now. That God has cleansed my sins, my past sins, my present sins, and my future sins. Once and for all time. I know that's, what? How is that possible? Jesus. Jesus as my high priest. He, in the heavenly cop, the, the, the earth, earth temple was a copy of heaven. In the heavenly temple, Jesus brought his own blood into the most holy place. His own blood. And he's leading us and going, come. Now you can come in, in the presence of the Father. Now without dying, you can come. You're cleansed by my blood. Oh, that's so huge. And he did it once for all time. Is he your high priest? Do you, do you actually look at him like that? Are you grateful and privileged to be in the presence of the Lord? I know we come into this sanctuary and we worship our God. But you know what I think sometimes? I, I'm, out, I'm allowed. I'm actually allowed without dying 
to come into the presence of the Lord. You know what that makes me feel? Thankful, <laughs> grateful. Like, I'm ready to praise the Lord because of that. Oh, I'm not dead. Thank you. <sighs> right? I'm sorry. This is such a side note. Remember um, um, uh, Indiana Jones? When those guys, those guys' faces melted? Dude, that's sin. <laughs> I, that didn't happen to, to me because I love Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the privilege and the honor. Do you worship him like that, the high priest? Do you get to come in and actually commune with the Father? And you get to call him because you're an adopted child. Do you get to call him Abba? You know what Jesus called his father? He called him Abba. You know what that literally means? Daddy. Papa. He called, Jesus called his father Daddy. He had that relationship with him. And the most amazing thing, Jesus has allowed us to have the same relationship. How many guys have kids out there? Okay. I have two two-year-old twins, and you know what I hear a lot every day, incessantly? Daddy! With a lot of D's, by the way. Daddy! Daddy! And sometimes I'm doing something important like like studying for your sermon this week, right? I mean this actually happened, right? I'm studying for this, I'm preparing the notes, and my son's like, Daddy! 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 What? <laughs> what, do you want? what do you want? And I think in the same way, guess what? It says he leads you through the curtain. Now I want to say this. Remember when Jesus Christ died? Remember what happened when Jesus Christ died? The earthly curtain into the most holy of holies was actually torn. You guys remember that? Don't go read about it. It was the earthly one was torn, which was symbolic that now all are welcome who believe in me. So now you can come into the presence and then you can see God, the Father. He's pretty busy. He might be studying for something. <laughs> Daddy! 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 And I know my Father, Heavenly Father, he's not going to go, what? <laughs> he's a better multitasker than, than I am. So he's a lot more graceful. He'll go, hey, welcome. I mean, come on, isn't that cool? That you are led by the high priest, your high priest, Jesus, because you're allowed into the most holy of holies. I think that is so cool. And um, my suggestion, right? My first suggestion was, hey, go find a high place and, and look at the creation of God during your devotions. Or um, the other suggestion is go face, be face down before him. Put your face in the carpet. My other suggestion is in your devotion time, in your prayer time with the Lord this week, Imagine yourself in the most holy place and that you get to be with Abba Father. Imagine yourself in the most holy place and that you're thankful and grateful that you're allowed to be there. I think that's such a cool thing. Um, and with all that said, I actually have a challenge for you guys because I really want you to practice this having Jesus your one and only anchor. Yeah, you know what? The podcasts are good. You know what? Pastors are good. Hope Chapel is good. People are good in my life. That's good. I have many church. I have people to support me. But they all have to be connected to the anchor of Jesus Christ, the one and only anchor. And my challenge for you is that and as you're in this time of, of making Jesus your anchor in your devotional time, I want you to ask God, Jesus, one thing. Here's the one thing. 
Ask Jesus to reveal one thing about your life right now. Just write that down. Just ask Jesus, what's, what, give me one thing about me right now, about my life that you want to reveal or say to me right now. And I want to leave it open-ended because he might say anything. He might reveal who you are in him. He might reveal who he is to you. He might give you a bigger revelation of who he is. He might give you a glimpse of the future and the calling that he has for your life. I don't know what he's going to say. But it's a really good question, isn't it? What is one thing you have for my life right now? What is the one thing you want to tell me, God, in your quiet time this week? I'm going to, I'm going to take it a step further. When God does say something to you, when Jesus does reveal something, write it down. I don't know if you guys journal, but just grab a paper like, oh my gosh. You might not know if it's God or not. Write it down. This is a good practice to know the Father. Do you know the Father's voice? Do you know the shepherd's voice? I was in the mall this week. And I think this happened specifically for me for my sermon. I was in the mall this week. I was studying because I like the free, the free Wi-Fi at the uh, Winter Mall. And so... Then I heard a voice on the other side of this short little wall. I heard this voice. It was my dad. He's like, hey, Danny. He's like, my, I know my dad. Sorry, that's how I, I hear my dad. <laughs> he's back there. He's looking, he's looking at me crossed arms. Sorry, dad. Uh, I, I tried to talk like this. I'm like, that's my dad. I stood up and went, dad? And there he was. He was cruising right on the other side of the wall. <laughs> but I heard his voice. I know his voice and I responded to it. Do you know the Father's voice? Do you know the shepherd's voice? Get to know it. And when he actually says something to you, write it down. And here's the other step. Share it with somebody. Go to your mini church this week and go, I think God, I think God told me this. I don't know, what do you guys think? Yeah? And you, seriously, I'm going to be honest. You might come with a little bit of doubt. I'm not sure if it's God. That's why you share it with good Christians. That's why you share it with your mini church or your best friend, whatever it is. You go, hey, what do you think about this? You, you never know. They might just start confirming what God, God told you. They might just start prophesying over you. They, I don't know. They might just say something like, oh, I was thinking about the same thing. What? And you'd be like, oh, you know, I don't know. I know it's, God's going to show up this week if you guys do this. Just seek the Lord. Ask him that one thing. Write it down and share it with someone. I'm going to close with this. Um, I want to share a a uh, old hymn with you guys. Uh, how many guys know Be Thou My Vision? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got some Be Thou My Visioners. Write it down. Be Thou My Vision is one of the greatest hymns ever written. Literally. I'm, I, I am not joking. Bono from U2 said, that's, that's the one I like. So if Bono likes it, I like it. Okay? Um, this is one of the greatest hymns in history. And if you want to go, go on YouTube or download it, I like the Jars of Clay version. Just, just me. Um, but just go listen to this song or just read the words. And the reason why I want to read this to you is because it's, it reminds me that Jesus is my anchor. It reminds me, keeps me in check of my own heart of where I stand before him. So be that my vision. I'm going to read this and then we'll pray. And this is the writer praying to God. It's basically a prayer to God, prayer to Jesus. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, 
thy presence my light. Be thou my wisdom and thou my true word. I ever with thee and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great father and I thy true son. Thou in me dwelling and I with thee one. Riches I heed not nor men's empty praise. Thou mine inheritance now and always. Thou and thou only first in my heart. High King of heaven, my treasure thou art. High King of heaven, my victory won. May I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. God, oh Jesus, this song wrecks me every time, Lord, wrecks me every time. Lord, be my anchor. Be my vision, be my wisdom. You're my inheritance. Let your heart be my heart. Be my vision, Lord Jesus. And I pray that it would be the same prayer for every single person out here. Every single person. That they would have the cry of their heart, that you would be their anchor the only anchor, the capital A anchor. All that other stuff is good, but everything else pales in comparison. Lord, thank you that I am your true son, your true daughter. Whoever, Lord, thank you that we're all that, God. I pray for every single heart here that um, as we seek you, as we go on our mountaintop, as we be face down before you, as we imagine ourselves in the most holy place, that you would speak to us, that you would speak that one thing that you want to say to us about our lives right now. And I, I, I wait in anticipation to hear what you say to your people. I wait in anticipation of what you're going to show and reveal to your children. Do that, Lord encourage us to get out there and just seek you. I want to say one more prayer as we uh, just have our heads bowed and eyes closed. I just want to say a prayer for anyone out here that has never officially made a declaration and a decision to follow Jesus Christ. That you would become a Christian. And, And really simply, it's just you telling Jesus that you acknowledge the fact that he died on the cross for you. That he did it. That he rose again from the grave three days later. And because he did that, 
you are forgiven of sin. You are cleansed of all unrighteousness. By his blood, you are cleansed. And all he's asking is that you would acknowledge and go, yes, you did that for me. And because of that, I will follow you. I will give you my life. I dedicate it now. Maybe for some of you, this is a rededication. Maybe you felt that before, but you kind of fell away. But now is your chance. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re-ante up again. I'm going to do this. So maybe it's a dedication or a rededication for you. I'm going to say a prayer, and I hope you would join me in this prayer because I wanted to make it your own prayer to Jesus to do that. But before we do that, I just want you to let me know that you're going to be praying. I want you to let me know that you will be dedicating your life to Jesus this morning. I'm going to count to three. All I ask is that you raise your hand on three and acknowledging that, that you want to say this prayer. Here we go. One, two, three. Anybody here, just raise your hand right now. Raise now. One. You got two. Anybody else? You got three. You got four. Anybody else? Anybody else? Kind of looking around. Anybody else? Cool. About four or five people, I think. Awesome. Okay, put your hands down and just say this prayer to Jesus. Jesus, I come before you right now and I am a sinner. I have sinned. And I want to turn from those ways. I want to repent right now and I'll turn to you. And I want to ask for forgiveness. Why? Because I believe and I declare that you died on the cross for me and that you rose again from the grave three days later. And you conquered sin and death in my life. You are my Lord and my Savior. I gave you all right now. I don't know exactly what that means, but I'm just taking a leap of faith saying, I want to become a born again, bona fide follower of Christ. Thank you so much for allowing me to be in your presence. In Jesus' precious name, we all say, amen. Let's give those people a hand. Yeah, welcome to the family. Woo! Welcome, adopted children of God. <laughs>